Welcome to the Living to Thrive with Cancer podcast, a podcast about the big and little issues that come with living with cancer. I'm Catherine White, a stage four colon cancer thriver, passionate about supporting others who have faced a cancer diagnosis and are looking to feel empowered in taking back control of their health and happiness. My own health scare helped me to learn more about myself and how to live with cancer, and it led me to become a cancer support coach so I can help others through the ins and outs, the ups and downs, and all the crazy things that come with life with cancer. So let's get started. Welcome to episode 1.2 of the Living to Thrive with Cancer podcast. Today we're talking about language. What I want to talk about today is the power of your words. Everything that you say matters. Everything that you say, your body hears. So when you speak to yourself in an angry, negative tone, in an aggressive tone, in a self-deprecating tone, your body hears that and it internalizes it. Conversely, if you speak to yourself in a loving and kind and compassionate way, your body is going to hear that also and internalize that. Everything that you say goes into your body but it also goes into your mind and it also goes into your spirit. And when you're living with cancer, navigating the body, the mind, and the spirit is a really important part because they're so intrinsically melded together. Each of them feeds the other. What you do to your body comes from how you feel about yourself and how you think about yourself. How your mind reacts is dependent on how you treat your body and how you talk and care about yourself and your spirit. And your spirit is filled by the good things that you do to your body and that you say to your mind. So let's consider just a little piece of history background here because I'm a little bit of a history nerd as a history major. Back in the 1970s, U.S. President Richard Nixon declared the war on cancer. So in 1970, the advisors to the U.S. Senate attempted to forecast the evolution of cancer treatment. They were taking a look at it and they wanted to make a plan for the future on how to combat cancer. So they were called in to advise on what would become the National Cancer Act of 1971. And that was the beginning of President Nixon's war on cancer. Now, this was designed to boost funding and to find a cure for cancer, which is fantastic and which we should always be striving for because they were seeing cancer cases rising and they really wanted to find a cure. Well, we're still seeing cancer cases rising and we still haven't found a cure. Now, we've made some great headway in the cancer world, but we still have a long way to go. So what I wanted to focus on today was talking about that language around war on cancer. Now, I want to preface it by saying each of you is an individual and how you approach your cancer and your cancer treatment is entirely up to you. I just want to give you a different way of thinking about things and maybe the opportunity to shift your language, which in turn can help you to shift what's going on in your body, your mind, and your spirit. So consider this for just a minute. If someone you loved was sick, how would you talk to them? What kind of words would you use? What kind of tone would you use? What kind of language would come out of your mouth and go into their body, into their mind, and into their spirit? How would you want that person to feel? Would you want to use angry and aggressive words towards them? Or would you want to be calming and soothing? Would you want to say, just get up and keep going and just fight it? Do you want to tell them to just be strong and don't let this beat you? Well, there's nothing wrong with that mentality. 
There's nothing wrong with wanting to encourage a person to do their best and to be victorious and to be strong and to move forward. Because there's a lot of power in motivational words and in being encouraged. But what I want to do today, as I said, is just kind of shift that. Just sort of take a little reflection on that kind of language. Like even as I was saying it, it felt like it was harsh, like it's angry and aggressive. Get up, fight, be strong, don't let this beat you, be a warrior. Like all of that makes me actually feel um, energetically uncomfortable. And maybe that's because I've had some time to think about this and to reflect on it. And that is the kind of language, admittedly, that I was using up until very recently when I started to explore thoughts and how thoughts are stories that we tell ourselves and how we can reframe how we talk to ourselves in order to be healthier. So this is not a perfect process. This has not been my process for the last seven years. It's new to me, but I just find it so fascinating and I think it's worthy of having a conversation around. So consider this. What if you made a shift in the words that you spoke to yourself as a cancer thriver or to someone that you love who's living with cancer? What if you were to tell yourself things that could make a huge difference in how you perceive yourself and how your body responds? Now, to think about this and to consider it, we should talk about stress for a minute. And I'm sure that a lot of you feel stress, live with stress, have heard about the impact of stress on the body. But this is framing it around the people who are living with cancer. You know, and I know, that the minute somebody drops in your lap that you have cancer, your stress levels go up exponentially. All of the control is lost, disempowerment creeps in, and all of your stress hormones go on alert. Living in fight or flight all of the time is what got us sick in the first place. Living in fight or flight is a result of living with stress. So just to take it back, historically, as I mentioned, I love that. If you think about our ancestors, our predecessors, who had to always be on alert, let's just take it all the way back to caveman days. So the caveman is looking to survive. That is his goal in life, is to live, to find food, to find shelter, and to live. So he is always on alert, looking for danger, whether it's weather or whether it's lack of food or whether it's an animal that could cause danger to his family. Living in fight or flight all of the time kept him alive. But it also kept his cortisol, his stress hormone, up all of the time. Transfer that to modern day, we as a society are living in fight or flight. We are living in stressed out all of the time. We are living with jacked up cortisol, that stress hormone. It's engaged all of the time because we haven't gotten away from that caveman mentality of having to find food and shelter and protect ourselves. And this is part of our reptilian brain. We have this amygdala in our brain that keeps us in this state of attentiveness. It wants us to watch for danger. It reminds us what that we need to be in fight or flight, in watching for danger all of the time so that we can survive. So our brain is a bit of a jerk that way, but at the same time, it's trying to protect us. So how does that sit with a cancer patient? Someone who's living with cancer is already stressed out to the max. And stress 
takes a terrible toll on our bodies. Again, that's kind of what got us here in the first place. Stress is at the root of a lot of illnesses and we don't know how to manage it very well. So this piece today is to help us to learn how to manage it a little bit better when living with cancer. We want to reduce that cortisol. We want to reduce that stress hormone and we can do that by rewiring our thoughts and changing how we see ourselves and our situation. What we want is an uptake of serotonin and oxytocin, those hormones that are going to help us to be calmer and to be happier. So what if we soften our language? What if we talk to ourselves in a different way that isn't angry, that isn't aggressive, that isn't activating that amygdala and activating the cortisol and keeping us in a high elevated state of stress? So consider some language here. Survivor or thriver? Now, I talked in episode 1.1 about my view of being a thriver and how I see that. So you can go back and revisit that episode to talk about or to hear me talk about being a thriver. But but in your mind, think to yourself, like, what's the difference between being a survivor or being a thriver? In my mind, a survivor gets through what they have to do and just does it and gets moving forward. But a thriver is someone who is nourished and supported and takes care of themselves and gets to the place where they are successful and they keep moving forward with that feeling of success. It's not a definitive completion. I survived, I'm done, I'm moving on. It's I have thrived in this process and I'm going to keep moving forward in that way. There's also the language of fighter versus nourisher. So to me, fighting implies you've got to be prepared. You need to have your battle armor. You've got to be engaged, ready to mobilize, or even angry or pumped up. And again, that might be the language that you want to embrace. And that's okay. You do what is right for you. But just consider this piece. What if you viewed yourself as a nourisher? That implies this loving and caring piece, this softness and compassion. It's more of a like rubbing someone's back when they're feeling sad or if they're feeling unwell. It's nourishing and caring. It just has a different tone. Like even when you say it, fighter versus nourisher, it has a different tone about it. So here's another example, warrior. Warrior brings in the image of that battle-hardened fighter who's ready to run into battle versus champion. Champion to me is like, I'm standing on the podium at the Olympics. I have crossed the line and I am smiling and I'm confident and I'm feeling empowered. Again, you choose the language that resonates with you and I in the past have done the fight and survive and be the warrior, but I'm really learning how that feels in my body as I start to pay attention to that and I want to shift my own language and I'm just inviting you to consider the same thing. So do what works for you, but Again, I just want to get you to consider this. What if we treated ourselves like a sick child or partner or pet with those nurturing words and those soothing tones? Just think about that for a minute and notice how it feels in your body when you take yourself from elevated, aggressive language into a softer tone and softer language. I don't know about you, but it feels a little bit different in my body. 
So let's come back to that piece about the stress and the cortisol, because there's a physiological response that happens in our body when we reduce our cortisol and increase our serotonin. So we reduce our stress and we bring in calm. So with that comes better sleep, which as a cancer patient, you need. You need to be getting your rest for many, many reasons, and that's a whole other episode. Better digestion. Did you know that your digestion actually slows down when you are in stressed out mode? We need our digestion to support us. As cancer thrivers, we need to be eating good food and having it digested properly so we can get all of those nutrients. Again, another episode. We have better thoughts when we're not feeling stressed out. There's clarity in our mind. We have reduced anxiety and increased problem-solving abilities because we're not feeling as foggy or overwhelmed. We have better interactions with our family and friends because our mood is a little more stable. Our thoughts about ourselves is a little bit more stable. We're better able to interact because we have a little bit more clarity, perhaps. There's less physical tension in the body. Stress brings on tension in your muscles. And so we want, again, as cancer thrivers, to reduce any tension in our body and start with the physical by changing your thoughts. And then, of course, there's the increased immune system. Living in fight or flight with that elevated cortisol, your body is not concerned about fighting a common cold or a disease or anything like that. Your body is concerned about getting you out of the situation. So we really, really need to be building up our immune systems when we're living with cancer. And so being in a state of stress is going to compromise that. We want that calm so that we can have that rest and digest and that boost to our immune system and a whole bunch of other benefits that will just make it a little bit easier. Stress is a catalyst for so many physical and emotional problems and you don't need more of those when you're living with cancer. So this is just an invitation to you to consider where you are in your stress, the words that you're using when you're talking to yourself, the thoughts that you're having about your situation and the impact that they have on you. Everything that you say and do, everything that you put in and on your body, including your thoughts, makes a huge difference in your health and wellness. I hope that this will help you to just think a little bit about where you want to be, give you something to consider. If you are a caregiver or someone who is supporting um, a friend with cancer, maybe consider your words also. Maybe consider the message that you're delivering and help them to soften and to step into this concept of less stress and better health and happiness. If you're ready to learn more about navigating cancer and reframing how you see yourself living with cancer, I would love to support you. When you work with me in my six-month cancer coaching support program, we deal with stress management and thought management and so many, many, many other pieces. You can get started today by heading over to my website, katherinewhite.coach, or you can email me at contact at katherinewhite.coach, and we can set up a call to talk about if my cancer support coaching program will help you. You can do this. Together we can do this. Thank you so much for being here today. I hope you have a beautiful rest of your day. And may you live your life to your fullest, follow your heart, and thrive in all you do.